Welcome to Decisive Point, a U.S. Army War College Press production featuring distinguished authors and contributors who get to the heart of the matter in national security affairs. Decisive Point welcomes Dr. Robert Ellers Jr. and Dr. Patrick Blannon, authors of Integrated Planning and Campaigning for Complex Problems, featured in Parameters Summer 2021 issue. Dr. Ellers is the Director of Advanced Learning Programs at JMark Services, Inc., and Dr. Blannon is an Operations Analyst with the Australian Department of Defense. Rob and Pat, thank you so much for joining me today. We're here to talk about integrated planning and campaigning for complex problems. In the last 20 years, technology and hyperconnectivity have changed the global security arena. What roles have planning evolution and the centrality of information played in this? Thank you, Stephanie, for the opportunity. And I'll just start by giving the caveat that this research is my own and my own opinions and doesn't reflect the current official position of the Australian Department of Defence. So I'll just provide a little bit of context I began this research in the Maneuverous School of Military Theory that underpins ADF Joint Doctrine. Maneuverous Theory emphasises the shattering or at least the disruption of adversaries' overall cohesion and world supply. So this theory provides the framework for understanding the ways in which to develop and employ fighting power, but doesn't explain the complementary organisational characteristics, which are important to understanding how to leverage the separate elements of military capability that combine to deliver the enhanced joint force in a whole government context. So the theoretical basis for the expanded concept is drawn from research on complex adaptive systems. So complex adaptive systems are a form of organisation that contains many autonomous agents who self-organise in an evolutionary way to optimise their separate values and exhibit emergent behaviours. These interrelationships and emergent behaviours are complex because they cannot be fully understood by reducing them to a study of their fundamental parts. So the international system is a form of complex system. So complex adaptive systems are able to adjust their efforts around the strengths and weaknesses of the individual components within the system and still be agile and influential is what we want to be. Our competitors are likely to be a complex adaptive system and therefore we need to adopt a perspective and an operating concept that reflects this reality. So the concept we've developed draws together military and organisational theories within a unifying model that accommodates the actions and operational requirements to meet the challenges of the contemporary operating environment. Rob? I'll pick up on what Pat had to say. His comments are foundational. They really serve as a means for examining not just what integrated planning and campaigning are and why they matter so much for the kinds of really long-term, sustained, strategic patience-heavy kinds of competitions and conflicts that we'll find ourselves in for the coming century. A range of different kinds of problem sets that are not specifically military, in fact, are profoundly whole of government all instruments of power, whole of alliance, whole of society kinds of problems. And those are the levels at which integrated planning and campaigning have to be organized and executed. A quasi-textbook case of that is the Cold War. The Cold War was a 45-year-long, profoundly informational, information-heavy, profoundly whole of government, whole of alliance, in fact, global competition. It was a conflict in which victory or success was going to go to the side with the greatest level of strategic patience a willingness to engage in a long and frankly expensive process of military deterrence, and most of all, and most importantly, a convincing meta-narrative about what each 
side in this conflict stood for, supporting narratives and supporting messages for a global audience. Now, all of that was playing out in what Pat described as a highly complex, highly dynamic security structure and security systems, and therefore a, a set of complex adaptive systems at the level of alliances and states and other players. We see a lot of the same kinds of dynamics in the current competition with China, in the competition with the Russian Federation, in the conflict with Takfir jihadi elements, ISIS and others around the planet. Thank you. You came up with several recommendations for dealing with the situation. Can you walk us through those? Uh, yeah, each of the recommendations are component parts of a holistic solution facilitated by the concept of integrated campaigning. I'll address four of the recommendations, and they are persistence, whole government approach, uh, engagement with non-military experts, and importantly, the metrics component of advanced planning tools. Integrated campaigning assumes that cooperation and co competition are persistent states, that conflict is episodic, that there is not a linear or exclusive relationship between these states, and that all the states can exist concurrently so integrated campaigning enhances military agility in this way uh, and offering suitable options to government and equally enhances agility in achieving strategic objectives in circumstances outside of conflict, as well as being able to fight and win in conflict. The expanded conception of campaign design and implementation that integrated campaigning brings facilitates the inclusion of the strategies and tactics used in 21st century great power competition, which is the era we're currently in. An integrated campaign approach assures that each task, regardless of the individual contingency or threat that the task is a component part of, contributes to a strategic objective or priority in a clearly discernible manner. And that's very important when it comes to strategic communication and also in measuring the effectiveness of that campaign. Integrated campaigning elevates and disseminates a unifying message, as Rob was speaking to before, that unity of purpose is critical, and strategic purpose, which facilitates invention and innovation in technology through sovereign capabilities and in partnerships, alliances, and collaboration with other nations. And that unifying message also stimulates public private sector collaboration in order to create that whole of nation capacity. So resilience and deterrence from a whole of nation approach to address the multitude of complex challenges, but also allows us to exploit opportunities for our collective advantage. Finally, and in my opinion, most importantly, the contribution of integrated campaigning is around the metrics. Our transitioning to an integrated campaigning mindset also improves our ability to develop whole the government informed indicators and measures of effectiveness, maintain decision-making quality while also increasing its speed. Now, currently, the measurement of effectiveness and performance of a particular operational approach is frequently undermined by supplanting performance measures in lieu of actual strategic effective measures. And this is across not only in Australia, but I would wager in the US and our allies and partners as well. So this results in assessing the desired condition while not analysing those factors that indicate a trend towards a desired system. In terms of enhanced metrics, integrated campaigning facilitates an adaptive, robust metrics-based planning execution and assessment process, engaging planners in and across multiple planning problem sets simultaneously. So this presents planners with a holistic understanding of each problem set and its relationship to others, the ways they influence one another, both directly and indirectly. But finally, through integrated campaigning, these standing planning teams, uh, interagency information sharing groups, and whole government approaches, among other processes and structural changes that need to take place, will enhance our capacity to cooperate and compete and win and exploit opportunities to advance our state and collective interests.
Brooke? Okay, thanks. So I'll be looking specifically at the following recommendations. New or improved organizational structures and processes or engaging in the integrated planning and campaign efforts for really long-term conflicts, complex conflicts. The importance of standing planning groups and, and information sharing and pass-along that goes along with those standing planning groups. The importance of time and depth as means of building expertise to deal with these long-term problem sets at the level of individuals and organizations. And then finally, advanced and basic or old-style planning tools, if you will. Everything that I'm going to talk about really springs from this question of persistence. And as a historian, I have to keep going back to the Cold War. It became a 45-year exercise, essentially in conducting informationally heavy competition as far left of FANG or military conflict as possible. In fact, the whole point of having nuclear weapons, of signaling the capabilities publicly that each side had, was simply to make sure that the military component was actually not at the highest order of destructiveness, because that would have resulted in a loss for everybody. The critical thing about persistence is that it took decades for target audiences all over the planet to begin to see that American and allied ideals and actions, although far from perfect in their own right and, and mishandled badly in certain cases, ultimately outshone those of the Soviet Union and its allies. How did this strategic patience and this kind of approach using persistent and integrated planning and campaigning happen? And what were the things that allowed it to happen? The first of those things that I'm going to talk about is organizational structures and processes. The organizational structures and processes of the Cold War were, in many cases, fundamentally different from what they are now. They were different in the sense that they looked very heavily towards and depended very heavily on things like time and depth in given positions, expertise in given positions. The rewarding of not just the tolerance for specialists and people with a deep understanding of certain elements of the problem. The organizational structures and processes that we have in place now, in addition to being really quite old, highly bureaucratic and bureaucratized structures, need to change. The bottom line is, if we want to do well, we need to at least modify the organizational structures and processes that we have in place currently. How do we do that? we have to think more and more seriously about developing standing planning groups. That's the next major recommendation. This involves things like the right mix of cross-functional talent, uh, longer-term assignments where people can develop the time and the depth and come together as a team in ways that we simply don't do very often right now. This idea of standing planning groups staffed with specialists who have real expertise is incredibly important. You cannot engage in effective integrated planning and campaigning without real depth of expertise. We have to rediscover ways of building and rewarding time and depth, of developing viable career paths for people who are not generous. And you can't win long-term, complex, integrated kinds of problem sets, as Pat nicely defined them earlier, with nothing but general. You have to have people who have real expertise. And finally, that brings us to advanced planning and basic planning tools. Artificial intelligence, limited artificial intelligence, advanced analytic techniques, all of those things are, are outstanding. They're incredibly useful and important, but they're only important if analysts, planners, and others, policymakers ultimately, take the time to really understand the nature and the character of the problem that they're facing. Be really honest with themselves about how long that problem is likely to last. And in most cases, national security problems are not going to be over in six months or a year or five years. They're generations. Even though technology is important, the basic 
kinds of tools, whiteboards, butcher blocks, operational design methodologies, operational art, largely unstructured creative ways to use both advanced and old style or basic tools to, to get at a problem, understand it, characterize it, make sense of it, and then start to build an operational approach to deal with it over a long period of time, knowing that this problem set is a wrestling match and that it's going to go on for a long time. That should drive how we pick our advanced and basic planning tools and how we use those to help our analysts, our planners, ultimately our policymakers and our operators understand a problem set, action it, and stick with it until they have achieved success in terms of achieving and maintaining strategic priorities at the level of grand strategy. It'll be interesting to see where this goes, what kind of traction you gain. Thank you once again for the opportunity. Thank you very much, Stephanie.